Hey, you sucking sucks! Welcome to Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Is yours recording? Talk. Mine is recording, I think. No? Is it not oh, recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, oh yeah, it I'm is. I'm just very soft-spoken. Sexually. You are sexually soft-spoken. Welcome back to another fucking good episode. This was episode 22. It is 22. 20. We passed dos. 20, and we didn't even make a thing out Spion of it. Svansi. Uh We sure. didn't make a big thing. We hey, did guys. It's been... Three, four days? Four days? Four days, yeah. Since our last podcast. We recorded late last time, recording a day late this yeah, time, yeah, but it's still yeah, like four yeah, days. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of a different episode today. We're still going to have like a little baby wait bit a of news, maybe? Wait question a second, wait a second, wait oh, wait shit. Wait hey, we're What's your name? two lifelong friends. Uh, I'm Chad Michael Linus. <laughs> I forgot my name, but I guess it's holding the Pardo. I guess you didn't forget it, you lying fuck. I just random guess. Uh, Dude, you're a good guesser. You should go on Jeopardy. <laughs> That's what all those people do. They yep, just guess. They're good guessers. What is. Toast? Squid. Squid. Squid is toast. We are on movies that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> Ape tit for 200. It's appetite. Oh, fuck. My favorite categories, two favorite categories are Batman and, this is Celebrity Jeopardy for anyone who just didn't catch what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Celebrity Jeopardy on uh, Saturday Night Live. Batman or Robin is a great topic. <laughs> they do. Batman <laughs> or Robin. And then foods that end in Amburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's great stuff. All right. Uh, so oh, we do a video game podcast. Yes, we, we do. This is a video game this. podcast. We don't talk about video games on this podcast. Uh, we're going to do a little titty about what we've been playing, mm-hmm. which, spoiler alert, I don't think it's been too much. You just played Super Hot, so we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a titty bit of news, and then we're going to have a special little, like, sexual episode. And by sexual, yep. I mean we're listing a lot of lists. Yep, it's the so BuzzFeed it's, episode. It's the BuzzFeed episode. Mm-hmm. I actually stole that from Chad. Chad said it's the BuzzFeed yeah, episode. Yeah, I did. I'm Listicle testicle. Wherefore art thou breasticle? And Chad definitely said that. <laughs> So, Holden, what did you play this fucking week? I've actually... Stupid, silly snake. I've played a lot this week, actually. Did so, you? In, well, this four days? This four days, yeah. So, I got super hot, and I got Splatoon this week. You got regular super hot. I got regular super hot, but I'll get to it in a second. We also played VR super hot. Whoa. Let's talk about Splatoon first, because I'm going to talk about it very briefly, because okay. I don't have enough time to like really okay. briefs. develop like, I, a lot I of I enjoy boxer on briefs. Boxer briefly. Mm-hmm. Go. I just prefer boxers. Oh, I don't boxer, like the dogs are so good. So, they're the best dogs. Well, they're good dogs. And dogs are great, but in Splatoon, they're squids. Gross. Fuck yeah. those. And gross, like, salmons. For those of you who don't know, the concept of Splatoon is... It's a it's Nintendo's kind of play in a third-person shooter, but rather than killing targets, you are kind of uh, shooting ink across a level. Spreading your color. Yes, spreading your color. Uh to claim territory. Whoever's the most territory at the end of a match wins. If but you don't know what Splatoon is and you're listening to this podcast, I would say there's enough people yourself. who probably don't know. Kill who yourself. Is. Delete your Twitter. What I like about this one, though, is it has a horde mode called Salmon Run. Ooh. All and, those hoary salmons. And it's. So what makes it good is the diversity and the bosses that you have to fight in there. So it's only four waves of enemies, and you're trying to collect eggs from the the bigger salmon that come in there these yeah. big salmon bosses yeah. go on like go on they goose to eggs <laughs> there's one where it's a really big salmon and he's like shoots this bomb out of the top of his head and you have to shoot the bomb before it he is able to throw it at you okay okay there's one where it is a normal squid driving this giant like snake thing that weaves around the level and okay. you have to get to the back of it and shoot the squid guy out of it there's like there's there's okay. seven I think there's seven bosses I've come across. I'm not going to talk about all of them right now, but they're just they were very clever and they're very fun to go up against. Okay, I, how many different dicks do you think they had to research before they made this game? 
<laughs> because everything what? you said, said just sounds like a dick. <laughs> I don't, that's not true. That's not There's true. There's a salmon, shit. and he's really big, and then a thing shoots, a bomb shoots out of the top of his head and spreads his ink everywhere, and then there's a big snaky squid, and he shoots ink out of the top of his head. And, you yeah. take all the way to the base of that squid. Every too. character in this game is a dick. That's not true. It's Nintendo. It's rated E10. <laughs> it's fun, though. It's really good. I'm enjoying it. You haven't played the single player, though, right? I played a little bit of the single player, but the multiplayer is... Today, we're, the nomenclature we're using is yeah. titty bit. I will say this. I think most people are playing Salmon Run. Granted, you only need four people for a Salmon Run versus eight people for a multiplayer. That's like, like the big new match. thing, right? That's the big new thing, yeah. And Salmon Run, you get going in a game like that. Like, yeah. instantly. I feel like I never wait. But man, when I'm playing multiplayer, I'm waiting in that lobby for a long time sometimes before I start playing a game. Have you tried out that voice chat yet? I have not. I actually have still yet to download the Nintendo app to my Ooh, phone. It's pretty yeah. bare bones and garbagey, but... So you downloaded it? I did. Yeah. And then I signed in with my Nintendo account, and that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know Splatoon, right? Right. Correct. I don't know if you like Splatoon, honestly. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I played it at a Best Buy kiosk, and I don't like it. That's all the experience you need is the On five Wii U. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this isn't that much different than the Wii U version. If you'd like the Wii U version, Salmon Run's not going to convince you to, to get... You know what though? You know what? It feels I more do, robust of an experience though. Because I like the Splatoon there. level in Mario Kart Deluxe. There's no Splatoon level in Mario. Oh, there Kart totally Deluxe. is a Splatoon level. No, there are Splatoon characters. What are you thinking of? What is the level with? How do I describe it to you? It's all concrete. It's a battle level. Oh, that, yes, that is yes. a Splatoon level. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the racetrack. So there's no racetrack that is Splatoon, but there's a battle. Well, if I would have said racetrack, I would have meant racetrack. Well, it's confusing. We don't fight on this podcast! <laughs> okay, cool. So you played Splatoon. It's Splatoon. It's good. I'm enjoying it. What's next? What else did you play? Tell me about Super Hot Regular Mode. Oh, Super Hot Regular Mode's fantastic. I played it on Xbox, but never played it all the way through before. Mm-hmm. And it is... Essentially, you're playing a first-person shooter, but time only moves when you move. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You we talked about of, this last week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we. I don't go too much I into did it. The VR last time. That's right. That's right. The difference. So I guess the difference between the VR version and the 2D version is that the 2D version is more about moving around a space, whereas the VR version is kind of staying in place and dodging and kind of moving your body around to avoid things. And they're different enough experiences that kind of stand well on their own. But either one of those games, you just feel like such a goddamn badass every like time you play it and the best part about it is at least in the 2d version is when you complete a level it just kind of recycles and shows you what you just did but in normal speed so i try to like keep my actions as minimal as possible so it's kind of like a really quick just like i just beat down these guys really fast but they're like fun ones like that wouldn't be possible in vr like there's one where there's a car driving towards you and you have to like jump up on the car and then pounce down on on a guy um, once you've jumped on the car, but there's one, there's one specific ability, and I think you were alluding to this when I was playing the VR version. You're saying the VR version, you can just blow up a guy from a distance. Yeah, it has a cooldown on it, so you can't do it to everybody. But. Yeah, they have that in in the 2D version as well, but you actually re- you switch places with that character. That sounds like a very different ability. It's a very different ability, but it still it still kills them. Okay. So it's similar in that sense. It's kind of like the best way to think about it, actually. Going to the whole, like, Matrix. Like, you said, you feel like the Neo, like Neo playing it. Yeah. It's like how the agents can kind of take over anyone in the Matrix. Yep. It's just like that. So, like, you warp over, and then the person that you were is dead, and then you just take over the body of the other guy. Nice. And that has a cooldown, too? Yeah, it has a cooldown as well, yeah. So you need, there are some levels where you have to use it, because yeah. there's too many bullets flying around, and if you're in 
the line of sight of a shot, which you will be if you cross a certain path, you'll be dead, but you can just avoid the path by warping across the level, essentially. Yeah. So you can do it from anywhere. But I feel like in the VR version, you probably could get away with all the levels without using that ability, mm-hmm. but there are parts like, you encountered this where you had to like sit there and you killed everyone and you used all your weapons around you and you just kind of had to sit there and wave your arms until they got close enough. Yeah. And that's when it would be like, cool, I can just kill you from a distance. That is the only thing that took me out of the VR experience is the jazz hands. Where <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh crap, I can't I can't get this guy's like twenty feet away from me. I can't throw anything at him, I can't do anything. So you just kinda like shake your hands back and forth and kinda like just dodge bullets <laughs> yeah. until until he goes to you. But it is the most satisfying thing ever in that game is when a guy is just holding a gun up to you at like practically point blank range, and you just take the gun from his hand and go, nope, yep, <laughs> and just shoot him in the face. It was great. Yep, that VR is such. That's my that's my new go to for yeah. showing people what VR is. It's the best example of VR, hands down. Yep, for me at least, it's so you know, fun. And the way you were moving around the space while playing it, I think they probably could have put in the car level, and you would have jumped up on top of it. <laughs> There were times when Holden, he punched the wall, he oh, was pretty much kissing the TV. That's not an exaggeration. I remember hitting something, and Shed just starts laughing, and take the headset off afterwards. I'm like, did I hit the TV? He's like, yeah, you hit the TV. <laughs> also, I if you older. have a, a not-Chicago apartment, and it's big and spacious, or you have a home, because you're a homeowner, and you're better than us, Actually, then if you, you probably have a whole room If you room don't own a home, it. though, you have more space than anyone. That's true. That's very true. As long as you can find a power outlet. I'm homeless. I can't afford a place, but I have a very nice TV, a PS4, a VR headset. Well, you, you don't need the TV if you have the VR headset. That's a great Boom. point. Boom. Science. Saved Guess money for that I homeless played. man. I don't care what Wait, you is that played, the rest Chad? of what you played? You said you played um, a lot, but that's only two, th- three-ish things. Um, what else did I play? <sighs> you think on that, and I'll tell you what I played. Mm, I more like Super Hot VR. Beat it. Zelda. Beat that Super Hot VR. Got sweaty as fuck. I got super sweaty playing VR you as well. You did. You were soaking wet. I'm wearing the headphones you were wearing right now, I, and they're uh, wet I, around my ears right now. I offered you using my headphones, and you said, no, you want my sweat all over your body, and I'm like, it's whoa, just, Chad. It's like, it's like, I didn't realize we had what do they call those essential sexual oils? <laughs> I mix up two types of oils, but they're good either way. And holding sweat is an essential <laughs> sexual oil. <laughs> and put it in a diffuser. Is that what hippies do? I don't know. Absolutely. Um, That's what they smell like sweat and grossness all the time. Yeah, they, they save do. their sweat in the freezer. <laughs> and then rub it under their armpits like deodorant. Just little ice cubes of sweat. Just Gross. Uh, <laughs> I, of course, played more Pokemon Go because... Mm, I'm on the go all the time, and I have Pokemon in my pocket. I, so can I just—I think I've said this on this podcast many times, but how on earth does your your iPhone battery last throughout the day? You don't even have the Plus it's model. It's really good. I know. It's amazing to me. It's because I don't check social media all the time. That's I don't true. get notifications from my. I turned off notifications from Facebook and Instagram. Okay, that would probably um, help. I only use my iCloud email, so it's not like it's searching for Gmail server, mm-hmm. like fetching those all the time. Yeah. And generally, I'm just good as fuck. So my iPhone should match. For those of you, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, today is the first day that Moltres is available. I will be after work in Grant Park and Millennium Park catching many a Moltres. You're going to get killed now. Someone's I'm going to get find killed. You and kill you. I'm going to get killed. <laughs> That's all right. There will also be 40,000 other nerds down there with me catching Moltres. So. <laughs> if they could spot you from your voice on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. be ama- they deserve to kill you. No, I'll go down there. I'll have my it. AirPods in. I'll be a, a lot... Alighted. You're making it easier Delighted for them to kill and you. Elated You're making it easier for them to kill you. Don't listen, say anything else. Listen. We don't fight on this podcast. Listen. We don't let our listeners fight you later on in your part <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, that's a thing. Final Fantasy 
12. Played just a tip more of that, a titty more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have Patapon waiting for me going live tonight at 11, which I'll get to tomorrow after Pokemon Go. I've never played Patapon, but that's one of my games I've always wanted to play. It's good. I've On the Vita, sorry, on the PSP Go, mm-hmm. I played uh, all of Patapon 2 and most of Patapon 3, but I never played the original, and that's the one that got remastered, so that's on my PS4 right now, mm-hmm. and hopefully the other two get there. It's good. It's real good. It's a rhythm game, too, and you like music. I do like music. That's the Patapon theme song. Here we go. I farted. Holden, let's get to the meat of this podcast. Wait, let's stop for a second course. Everyone enjoy your salads while we talk about news. I thought we weren't doing news because we just did news. No, I mean, I have like two newses. Okay, fine. I have newsies. I'll find some stories. I don't know if we're doing this. I'm very unprepared for this podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll talk about this in a second, how you (laughs) even didn't even fucking do half your fucking job. Jesus Christ, we only texted about it three times. I misunderstood. I didn't read the instructions. Santa Fe, my old friend. That's uh, Newsies. Uh, We talked about that last week. God damn it. We talked about that. Oh, I've got two. Two Newses. One news today, 3DS Monster Hunter RPG release date uh, coming this fall. Demo to come in August. Monster Hunter RPG? Monster Hunter RPG? No, it is a... uh, action has or, or action it has action RPG elements, but this it? is like it's like a turn based, a story based. Oh, okay. And you, it looks like there are three characters. You have like, you can summon a monster to help you fight in battle. So you like have a monster that you take care of, similar to like Pokemon, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a turn based RPG called Monster Hunter Stories. Uh, uh, what? Before we get too far. I did play Overcooked on the Switch because I bought it on the Switch. Oh, yeah. God, that game's good. It's very good. That game's good, 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 good. We should uh, have some Overwatch PS4 share. You have it on PS4, right? Yep. We should play that online sometime. Absolutely. You can play it online? Yeah, you can play it online. Ooh, that's good enough. Or at the very least, we can do the PS4 share. Yeah. I mean, I own it, so I can... I know you own it, but like, if you aren't able to play it online, we could do the couch co-op from afar because that's available on PS4 and no other system. Your mom... Mm-hmm. Hey, that's coming out. Uh, hold on. What's the date on this? Jesus Christ, it's a good episode today. August 10th, demo arrives on the 3DS eShop. Uh, fucking game arrives sometime. I don't know. I'm just so hyper. September 8th. Game launches on the US on September 8th. Uh, it looks okay. I watched the trailer for it today. Meh. But then again, I'm not a Monster Hunter fan, and I'm sick of the CD- 3DS now because Switch exists. Hey, my second news story. This is the last one I got because fuck news. There's video... From a UI artist of Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy Remastered running on Xbox One. Yeah, or at least been... it has Xbox button prompts so, instead of so PS4. This has been actually a story throughout the year where yeah. it's like last year they announced it as a PS4 exclusive. And there was like, maybe it's a timed exclusive. And then yep. somebody's like, no, it's PlayStation. It's PlayStation exclusive. It's PlayStation exclusive. But there was still all this like talk of it being Microsoft time exclusive. And then just kind of fizzled out. And then yeah. you never heard anything. But I think it makes a lot of sense being an Xbox One game as well. Considering it wouldn't be hard to port it. Minus the... Because remember, Sony doesn't own Crash Bandicoot. Right, Activision. that's Activision. Yeah, Activision owns it. So there's no like tied... It's like... Um, what was it? Um... 
It's like Spyro is also like on PlayStation yeah. during that era, and then he went on other consoles. With Skylanders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as dodgy as they've been answering the question, is it an exclusive? You know it's coming to everything else. It's just a matter of when. Absolutely. Well, at least Xbox. It won't, it won't come to Switch. It won't come to Switch. You don't know that. I don't think it will. You fucking pessimist. You used to be like, oh yeah, fucking everything gorgeous in the world's coming to Switch. Dark Souls 3 is coming to Switch. I and still, now you're like, Crash Bandicoot can't I come to Switch? I still think you that Dark Souls could bitch. come to Switch. Still think we that. don't fight on this podcast. I'm done with news. Are you done with news? Um, I don't want you to have news because yeah, I just want to get really into the good stuff. I don't have any news. I'm like, kind of looking at stories <laughs> here. I'm like, wow, nothing really happened in the past four it days. Didn't. So. It didn't. It's four days. It's the weekend. People hate it. Suck my dick, Obama. I'm just kidding. Obama's great. I just, I'm saying all the words that come to my mind right now. Hey. So here's what we're doing. So What's we got- this week? We got a bunch of top five lists, and what yes, we, we do, but apparently, what we were supposed to do <laughs> is we would give each other a top five list, and then we would, I would uh, make my top five list, and then I'd also make a top five based on Chad's suggestions as well. Yes. And I only have mine. I thought we were just going to do our own top five. So lists. there are a total of ten top five lists lists that we're going to bring you today. Yeah. And I have something for all ten, and Holden yeah. has something for five. So here's, here's the best part asshole. too: is that I think I also changed my top five list. So I think you oh actually have different ones. Oh my god! I'm Holden just killing it. Hey, I've had, I've had a very busy week. I've had a very busy week. Oh, okay, got a lot. What should we start with? I'm so, so excited. Look, what do you? Everyone, you want to start with? Let's I'm start. gonna start. We're gonna start big. Oh, so this is how this is how we're gonna do. By the way, I am going to make up top five lists yes. on the fly. To fill in what I what I didn't prepare. Should we for. have you just for the ones that you didn't prepare for? Should we have you go first so that it's like, hey, oh, here's a shit, and then absolutely. here's how Chad beats his ass. Absolutely, let's do that. Okay, well, let's start big. Top five best games of all time. Ooh, this is actually super hard. Damn, now, you I can interpret this. Up with, you can interpret this as your favorite games of all I'm time. I'm going to do this. My favorite games of all you time. You can interpret this as the best objective games, like the whatever you want to. The most important five games of all time. However you'd like to enter... This is a bad idea. I'm going to make you come up with it on the spot without first... No, because then you're going to steal my answers, you goddamn whore. Yeah, no, so I, I need to go first and I'll steal your you answers because I am a thief because great artists steal. I am a great <laughs> artist. <laughs> so, all right. top. right. I'm going to do my own personal... Start with number five. Top five games. So, that makes it really hard. So, top five... Number in order. F- this is important. This I is going know. down in history. I know. I'm putting this on Wikipedia and on WikiLeaks. So that's how this works. This is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna say my top five game is Mass Effect Two. Ooh. Oh. What is that? Also your number five? No, but okay. No, I don't want that in my top five. You're good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I want that in my top. Five. <laughs> I was thinking, he was like, oh, oh I wish I would have thought it. of that game, but then no. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. So Mass Effect Two. I think it's just one of those games that had a really big impact on me. Again, like I said this many times, but I didn't really get into video games until I was older. Yeah. Like, I played Nintendo games as a kid and that kind of stuff, but it was, like, really Zelda, and that was it. But Mass Effect was one of the first games I really played as, 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 like, an adult game with an adult story, and it still has had a profound impact on me in terms of what I expect from from games. Yeah. The story of that game is so cool. I love, like, the decision-making. Just the world is, is absolutely incredible. And it's also one of the first games where I really felt for, for characters. So then the second game comes along, and it's just ramps everything up it's super polished in comparison i noticed the decisions that i made in the first game like carrying over the second game so this mass effect 2 is probably one of the coolest gaming experiences that i've had so it's got to be on that list for for number five 
Um, do you want to do your number five, and then we'll kind of go back and forth that way? Sure. Or, total okay. side note. Remind me before you leave to have you play the demo of Static on PSVR. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, here's my number five. No, because then you might steal my number five as one of your goddamns. You have to go all five, man. I can do all five. I'm going to put you on the spot all because right. you fucked up. Number four, Metroid Prime. Okay. Good choice as well. Good choice as well. Um, again, it just one of those games that had the atmosphere of that game is what sells that game. It was very ahead of its time when it came out. I think, and this is something I only knew about, like, looking at the game, like, ten years later. Excuse me. No excuse. Is that <laughs> back at that time, developers were doing first-person shooters and stuff, were having a hard time with, like, clipping and things like that on a flat plane. So Metroid comes out, and it's, like, alien ships that are submerged in water, partially askew, like, it just, the worlds that other developers just couldn't figure out at the time. So something that was really one of the last times that Nintendo was really far ahead technically than yeah. anyone else. And, man, that, that game GameCube so era. Good. The GameCube era was a great era, yeah. actually. So I have a top uh, five consoles, Nintendo consoles. Oh, I know. I do, too. Yeah. I have a top five <laughs> Nintendo consoles. I changed oh, it. Oh, Nintendo consoles. Yeah. Okay. So Metroid Prime, for sure. Number three, The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I need, need to explain why. It's, oh. just, it's the best story Yep, in any video game. And, and environmental storytelling, like storytelling in general, just took a giant leap forward. I have the feeling that's game. in your top five list. Of course it is. Yeah. You know that's my favorite game of all time. But I did top five best games, so mine's a little bit different. Okay. Um, okay, number two. This is where it's going to get tougher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially because now that you started at five, if you think, oh, man, but these three games are great. Nope, fuck. You're stuck with those. I'm stuck with those. So, number two. I'm going to say that my number two favorite game of all time is Boost 2. No, totally <laughs> fuck kidding. you. No, totally kidding with Fuck you, you very much. <laughs> number two game of all time. That's super, super hard. Um, which Zelda? And then which Zelda's first? I farted. I don't know if you guys. No, heard Zelda: that on Breath the podcast, of the Wild is number one because I'm still just so infatuated with that game. That's easily my number one. So Breath of the Wild then is number one. Then number it has two. to be Link Between Worlds. No, I'm 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 going to keep it to one franchise. <gasps> what? I'm keeping it to one franchise. What? I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Oh, okay. Jeez, <laughs> no. uh, what am I going to say here? This is really tough. Um, Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> nice good lie good lie although i'm sure it'll be great i'm sure it'll be great it's in yeah. the future it's in the future you know um i'm gonna go ahead and say that my number two game of all time and this is i'm only saying this now this is not really my number two but I, i'm stuck with it now is um as i really like the hitman the hitman game on ps4 i really wow. really enjoy that as like one of my favorite games i okay. constantly i seriously like every every uh Every two weeks or so, I go back to that I game. I know. I feel like you're playing it play. all the time. Yeah, I play it all the time. I think it's... Because it's just one of those games that cultivates your imagination in a way of, yeah. like, there's this scenario, but that's not... I don't have to play it out any given way. I can kind of do it any way I want. I think it's also what I like, like about Breath of the Wild is the idea that there's extreme nonlinearity. And not in storytelling, but in, like, how you go about and approach things. Do you sure. want to kill the, you know, the auctioner and the first... You know, on the on the top floor of the Paris level first, or do you want to poison the guy downstairs, <laughs> like you know, first instead? Like you kind of go back any way you want to, and kind of blend in. And there's just so much you can do yeah. in each level; it's really amazing. In my head, I was thinking I wouldn't put number two, but like I probably put it like at five or sure. something like that. But like that's going to be on that list. In my sure. head, I was like, where did you find an auctioner in Breath of the Wild? What? There's a someone in Paris. What? Oh, he's talking about Hitman. 
There is. Uh, is there an auction on Breath of the Wild? There's an auction I don't know. Why Waker. would you want to kill him? In Wind Waker, I kill everyone on Wind Waker. I show the towns to just massacre everyone. Nice. So game. that's your top five yeah. list of best. Of sorry, your my favorite, favorite games. My favorite of all time. games. Breath of the Wild, Hitman, Booster. <laughs> what was it? I actually wrote uh, it down. Let's see here. I didn't write number three down. Shit. What was it? <laughs> Last of Us, Last Metroid, of Prime, Metroid Prime, and then Mass Effect Two. What a good way to start this podcast. Hey, here's this epic top five listicle episode we're doing. Let's make one up and make it just kind of half-assed on yep. the spot. First I'm off the awesome. <laughs> all right, top five games of all time. Number five for yes. me, Pokemon Red and Blue on Ooh, the Game Boy. That's a good one. That is... I mean, talking about a game with cultural impact. Yep, cultural impact. It it was at the end of the Game Boy's life cycle, totally revived it was again. It really? Yeah. That I did not know. Yeah. Um, it, I guess it was. Like, it came out like the mid-90s, didn't it? Yeah, because like, when Yellow America, came out, least, that was yeah. the color. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is a really accessible, really surprisingly deep RPG mm-hmm. for pretty much anyone that can pick it up. You can be a, a baby and so, go through it and get to the Elite Four, or you can go super deep and collect all the Pokemon. And here's my question for you, though: Yeah, why why not um, Gold and Silver? Just because that was the first one. Red and Blue, I or? actually I don't know if I ever finished. I, th- I think I played Silver, but I don't know if I ever played all the way through. But okay. Red and Blue, I guess it's just. They were there. They were the first. They kind of made, put that on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Pokemon Red and Blue, number five. Number four, Metal Gear Solid took a huge number step one. forward. Number one what? Metal Gear Solid to number one. Yes. Like the first one, okay. Yes. Uh, huge step forward in the, like, you could see, oh, my God, you can tell a story. You can make things cinematic. You can have cut scenes that look like this. Well, now they look like trash, but yeah. um, have these characters that are so crazy and developed and things like that that you can care about so mm-hmm. metal gear solid shout out to you so question before we go forward is yeah. so what's your like litmus test of this is the greatest game of all time is it like an impact on the industry i or think is impact it... has a lot to do with it okay um like driving the industry forward in a certain mm-hmm. way but also like Metal Gear Solid totally holds up. It doesn't look that great. Mm-hmm. But, but the mechanics totally aren't up. hugely different from my understanding. No. Especially if you go back and play Twin Snakes, but not in the first person view, because that breaks the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you go play the Twin Snakes GameCube remake, yeah, totally holds up. Uh, number three, Super Mario 64. Yeah. Totally brilliant. Mm-hmm. Fucking nailed 3D for the first time. Yep. I don't think anyone can argue with that. No. Number two, Last of Us. Not Obviously. number one. Whoa. No. Last Not of Us is my one. favorite game of all time. Okay. Even though I've only played it once, and I'm having difficulty even working up the courage to play it again, but it's my favorite game of all time. It is a hard game to play again, though. Yeah. yeah. Number one, Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo. Oh, you put two Mario games. I did. Mr. I Nintendo. You. I told you. I think you'll be surprised at my entire list of lists. My listicle testicles. Listicles. Breasticles. So that's my top five list. Super Mario World, Set Last of Us, Super Mario 64, Pokemon, oh sorry, Metal Gear Solid, Pokemon Red and Blue. Boom. Top five games of all time. Done. Okay. You burnt. List number two. Hold on. What are we doing? I'm going to do a lame list actually okay. right now because I have my, I wrote top five guilty pleasures, but I only have three. Okay. I have five. So. You have five guilty pleasures? Actually, okay. so I have five guilty pleasure games, but I couldn't come up with many for myself. So I just yeah. said games people should be ashamed of. <laughs> okay. I could, I could add. <laughs> I could add onto that list then. Okay, so what's funny actually is I'm going to add one to the list here. Okay, but it's here, also it's your a game. list, so I'm going to go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay, yeah. Uh, my number five. I don't play this game, but mm-hmm. it's bejeweled on your phone and it's Candy Crush. Yeah, like mm-hmm. 
It's not a good game. Um, and if you play these games and you feel bad about it, that's exactly what this is. This is me calling you out saying you should feel bad about this game. <laughs> I'm just kidding because I play a couple of these on this game on this list. Uh, that's why they're guilty pleasures, right? Number four, any Sonic the Hedgehog game ever. <laughs> Coming from a guy who has played 12 Sonic the Hedgehog games for countless hours as a kid. They're not good. Here's how I knew it was okay to have that thought. That, man, Sonic kind of sucks. Um, there's the uh, there's a guy at work, Nick, and he has a Sonic tattoo. And even he's like, yeah, I don't know why I have this anymore. Because I don't <laughs> like Sonic that You know what's weird, though? As a kid, I fucking loved Sonic the Hedgehog. I think I liked the comics and the Saturday morning TV show better than I did the games. Mm-hmm. But I think I just loved the character of Sonic. I loved him a lot. Mm-hmm. We got married for a while, and now we're divorced. He definitely was a great opposition to Mario in the sense that he had just had a completely different attitude. Yeah, and he was time. so cool, and he got to yeah. go fast and collect rings because coins are for chumps. Three, any Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> I, I I'm was just about to put Assassin's Creed on my guilty pleasure. Assassin's list. Creed yeah. Two, great. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood did some really cool but things. One, Revelations, God, that thing got tired. One, yeah. bad. Three, I bad. liked one. Four, That's a guilty bad. pleasure. That's actually on my guilty pleasure list. <sighs> Yeah, they're just boring. They're I still like the now. first one. Every, they're such a repeat and rehash Look, in, with just a different-ish coat of paint. Yeah. Uh, so another Guilty Pleasure game. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of those, too. I played a few of them, yeah. Number two, mm-hmm. Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> it is by far not a good game. Okay, I'm so glad you battling that. <laughs> Battling gyms is literally just tapping on the screen over yeah. and over and over until somebody dies. Mm-hmm. Not a good game. That's Most so of the funny Pokemon you, you catch that. are shit, but it is man, it is my guilty pleasure <laughs> to work my way through that Pokedex and will, the community aspect of it. When occasionally something big drops, you're one of my best friends. I still have no idea why you play that game. <laughs> it makes <laughs> no right. sense to me. I will never touch. That's why Bruce it's a guilty too, pleasure. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And number one, Lego games. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's Lego, a really good any one. Leg, I've played. They're, I've played Lego fun. Harry Potter games. They're fun. There's nothing to them. No. They're not deep. They're kind of boring. And the charm. They're, they're charming. They're but cute. But it's the but same charm in every single exactly. one. It's always like Dumbledore fell apart. Like yep. that's always kind of what it is. Like oh, Dumbledore did something funny. He's embarrassed. Like he just popped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my top five guilty pleasures: Legos, Pokemon Go, Assassin's Creed, Sonic the Hedgehog, Candy Crush, Go. Okay. So, um. I'm taking Assassin's Creed off mine, because you basically said it, and I kind of agreed with you, so I'll take that off So, now. I put Last of Us on mine, so... Okay, that's fine. Okay. Number five, Clash of Clans. Mm. It really just kind of games God. like that. Yep. Don't understand it. The The first two I haven't played before, but the, the, the um, one, two, and three I have played. These are, like, legitimate guilty pleasure games of mine. Yeah. Number four is Spore. Oh, man. I forgot about Spore. And that will come up later on in one of my top five lists as well. I hope that's one of your like top five gaming consoles is Spore. It, it is. Good. Yep. Number three, Boost 2. Okay. Because okay. I love okay. the shit out of that game, but there was really nothing to it. <laughs> it's just fun. I just love that game. I, I could sit down, listen to music, and just play that game for literally hours. I've done it. It's Love that game. Number two is The Incredibles on GameCube. <laughs> I love, I'm sure that was great. It's a movie tie-in. But I was probably... Jeez, when did Incredibles come out? 2004? So I was 11 when that came out. Mm. Loved that game. So much fun. Mm, the there was this great, great level. And it's it was... You play the Dash trying to get to school. Yep. 
And so you're just running really fast, avoiding traffic. It was awesome. But it's every time you die and you restart, it would always start with him saying, I'm the dash. <laughs> every all single right. time. So you would like start going, but the game was so bad that like all of a sudden a car was in front of you as soon as you started running, so you just die. So you'd be like, I'm the dash, run, I'm the dash, run. <laughs> just like over and over again. It was so bad. But it was awesome. I love that game. It was great. Number one, No Man's Sky. I, oh my god, yeah. Super guilty pleasure game. And I, that will also come up later on as well in one of my top five lists. It's, to me, it's still so cool. But it's, I totally, totally get why it gets shit on all the time. And the yep. reason it gets shit on the time, I won't say right now because that will come up later on. <laughs> Read them down real quick. One, two, three, four, five. Clash of Clans. Spo- oh, one, two, three, four, five. Yep. No Man's Sky, The Incredibles, Boost 2, Spore, and Clash of Clans. Fucking hot. Two out of ten. Down. If you guys don't enjoy these first two, then you better stop listening because we got eight more of them. So here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick another one. Ready? Gaming sidekicks. Top five Ooh. best gaming sidekicks. All Ready? right. This one's actually going to be really tough. Gaming sidekicks. Okay. So I have to do number... Wait. Let me just write something down really quick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can write down whatever you want. Five. So gaming sidekicks. I'm going to say... Clank. I liked Clank. Clank? Ratchet and Clank. Oh, gotcha. I was Ratchet. thinking, what's the what's the from Banjo Kazooie in the underwater level? I never play like, Banjo Kazooie. Oh shit! Okay, but is it Banjo Clanker. or I think it's Kazooie? Clanker. No, it's Clanker. Technically, Kazooie is the. I know it's a sidekick. Hold in. I know that. All right, fine. Keep going, Clank. Um, it's number five. What's number four, huh? Number four, huh? Would Luigi count as a sidekick? Oh, totes. That's a sidekick. Luigi totes counts okay. as a sidekick. Sure is that your number not, four? That's number four. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, number three. All right, so this is a tough one, I okay. think. And not because, is this technically a sidekick? Would Ellie count as a sidekick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three. She can help out with shit. She can choke people out. She can... But she's so her own character that yeah. it's hard to like say she's a sidekick. I feel like it's like, like, almost like a disservice to her. Well, you're not playing as her, so. Yeah. And then uh, for top two are going to be Zelda related. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go. Uh, go, I'm going to do Navi at number two. Okay. And Midnut number one. Why is Navi a good sidekick? Why is she the best sidekick? She's obnoxious. She's so obnoxious, but you 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 will always think of her as a sidekick in your adventures in that game. And you I, will, You're right. You will always and, think of her and, as a sidekick. And there's I just, is, so many... I don't know. I just... I have. I love like her like flying around at the beginning of uh, in the Korok Forest trying to get to you. Like okay. She's not supposed to be your fairy because you're not really uh, a Kokiri. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just I like Navi. Shut what up. What was like the Navi. purple fairy from Majora's Mask? Tall. Skull Kids. Tall. That's a cool fairy. Tall. Like Tall or Tall? I can't remember. Cool. I actually still haven't beaten Majora's Mask. I know. I know you haven't. Yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Go. All right. Um, so that was Midna, Clank. Oh, uh, right. Midna, Navi, Ellie, Luigi, and then Clank. Cool, Boom. cool, cool titties. Mine. Ready? Here we go. Number five. Miles, Tails, Prower. I have an affinity for some of these sidekicks because as the younger brother of a couple siblings, I often played character two. Mm. So Tails Prower was me. Tails, whenever I played a Sonic game, I always preferred Tails because I could just fly over yeah, levels. Yeah, you could fucking fly through everything. Yeah, it was super like, easy. It's the tits. Oh, yeah. Miles, and he was cool. He was a mechanic, an engineer, and he fucking built planes and shit. What a cool kid. Uh, number four, Loaderbot. From Tales of the Borderlands is one of the 
funniest characters in like a total deadpan way. He's any time that I had the opportunity that Loderbrot was in my in my story in the Telltale game, like mm-hmm. I was so excited. So Loderbot, cool dude, very funny. Number three, Quiet from Metal Gear Solid. Just because she's a badass. Quiet? Is quiet. that really her name? Quiet? Yeah. Like quiet, like shh. Did you never play Metal Gear Solid Five? No. I have it. Oh it. man, yeah, quiet. She's like she's basically naked because she breathes through her skin. Like, don't worry. She's naked for a reason. And it's a bullshit reason we made up so that she could be naked. <laughs> <laughs> she breathes through her skin. So she's clothes on, she suffocates. Uh, yeah, Quiet's really cool. You can command her. She's trying she's to a, get a tan. A, that's her reason. <laughs> she's a sniper, and she can, like, perch herself up. I know you're talking and, about. Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's super cool. And she gets this cool-ass gold outfit or mm-hmm. stuff like that if you get high enough ranks. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, going along with the player two, Luigi. Luigi's fucking oh, yeah. cool. He's this doofy, stupid guy. I prefer him over Mario. Uh, me too. Yeah. I was always so excited about being Luigi because he was player two. Um, also, yeah, did you, Alta. did you play, first of all, did you have a DS? My first DS was my new 3DS Majora's Mask Edition. Okay, so no. There was uh, Super Mario 64 DS. I did you, not play that. You could play as Luigi, and right. he was way better than Mario. He could do this, like, propeller move, but he would spin and glide down slowly. He could do a super, super high jump. And he made that game so easy. Yeah, I'm sure he kind of broke the game a he little bit. He kind of broke the game a little bit, yeah. But that was awesome. He was so much better than Mario in that game. Luigi's anyway. cool. I love when you can, like... I love that he plays differently, too, in most games. Like, he has a, a higher but slower jump. Uh, he has a, mm-hmm. a run that takes longer to slow down, things like that. Luigi, yeah. you're a cool dude. He's sure a pretty password. cool game with the ghost hunting shit. What's his name? Luigi's Mansion. That is one of my favorite 3DS games. Last one. Number one. The fucking... One of the best video game characters of all time. Did we make that list? Game characters? No, we didn't. We should have made that list. Claptrap from Borderlands. Don't. Fucking funniest character. Actually, aside from Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina for the brief that she's in there. Do you know how much I know about Borderlands? Zero. Nothing at all. If we ever, we should game share Borderlands 2 together. Okay. It's so fucking fun. And Claptrap is the funniest fucking thing on the face of the planet. And I'm so, if you haven't played Tales from the Borderlands yet, spoiler alert, close your ears for the next 15 seconds. If you do this certain thing in the game and like purchase a really expensive thing, Claptrap ends up being one of your sidekicks at the very end of the thing. And I was fucking laughing so hard I was crying through the final boss battle because Claptrap is such a fucking goofball. So yeah, Claptrap, number one. Number two, Luigi. Number three, Quiet. Number four, Loderbot. Number five, Miles Tails Prower. Boom! Three down, seven to go. Hold in. What are we doing next? My next is five things that separate games from other mediums. Oh man, mine get good on this one. Let me go first, because it's my... Yeah. your list. Ready? Number five. (laughs) Buttons. Buttons? Buttons, man. (laughs) 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 Movies don't have buttons. Music don't have buttons dare you to find me a button on a book that doesn't make noise (laughs) (laughs) number four joysticks are rad (laughs) because you don't have those on a muse on music (laughs) i had such a hard time with this list (laughs) that's awesome mine's so much different (laughs) (laughs) oh okay number five buttons number four 
Joysticks are rad. And then we get a little bit more serious. Okay. <laughs> Number three. I basically came up with two things. I was like, what the fuck else do I do? <laughs> Number three. A global window into Japanese culture. Okay, that's a really good there one. There is... Uh, almost everything I know about Japan is mm-hmm. somehow tangentially related to gaming. I would say that's pr- very much true for me as well. And there yeah. are no other mediums where you really... Like, even movies... Yeah, technically there's a Japanese movie scene. There are anime. There's... But, like, you uh, wouldn't... But, but, like, think about this as well. And I, this is actually... That's a really good point because... How many people watch foreign movies? Exactly. How many people play foreign video games? Everyone plays foreign. If you play video games, you're playing something foreign. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah, like so knowing Japanese culture a lot That's because awesome, of gaming. That's an awesome point. Yeah. Uh, unless you listen to J-pop, and then you might have a, a different point of view. There are people a, who love J-pop. I know, I know. Um, number two. There are also people who should kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying there's an overlap. Yeah. It's a Venn diagram. <laughs> number two. Player agency. Technically, okay. there are, like, choose-your-own-adventure books. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. having control over yes. things, especially games that let you, like, make choices that have mm-hmm. effects on the story or yeah. the outcome. So, player agency, you know, choose-your-own-adventure books mm-hmm. aside. Yeah. Or Netflix. Did you see the new Netflix TV shows where they're, like, choose-your-own-adventure? Oh, really? Are they doing that? Yeah. That sounds kind of cool. You, like, select a button, and it's like, okay, cool, now this character dies. Or, Ooh. I don't know. Cool. Um, number one, innovation. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like more so than any other industry... Yep. It is constantly making leaps forward. Yeah, in I have that technology. On as well. I think it has to do with how early, relatively, this Absolutely. medium is. Absolutely, movies were the same way in the early in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, the, right now, innovation. There's always a leap forward in resolution and in control input and yep. in experience. Yeah, storytelling, Absolutely. things like that. Yep. So number one, innovation. Two, player agency. Three, global window into Japanese culture. Four, joysticks are rad. Five, buttons. <laughs> Buttons, man. <laughs> we actually have some similarities there. So my Joystick, number, my number right? five, yeah. I, I will get to that, actually. So uh, number five um, is, I wrote future progress, which is kind of the same thing as innovation. Meaning future that, like, progress, okay. Meaning that, like, I, it's a little bit different, but it's still kind of the same thing. For me, it more means I know that games are going to continually get better. Whereas movies could get just really shitty. Like, there are eras <laughs> of movies that are just not as good or maybe has different tastes. But, like, I feel like games will always kind of keep getting better and better because sure. it's very new and there's still things they're figuring out. So, I think it's kind of like looking at the future of that. I like it. Whereas, like, someone might say, oh, I only like music from, like, the 80s. I don't like anything else yep. outside of that. But I feel like if you like games, the current games are kind of still always the best games. You might have nostalgia for an older game but the best stuff is still kind of current and the better stuff's coming in the future the best is yet to come and babe won't it Number be fine four is community Ooh, community you can't go be like you watch movies i watch movies too oh my god what kind of movies do you watch it's hmm. not really a conversation you have with people be like oh you play games like what kind of games do you play and it can kind of start a conversation you kind of have friends based off of the games that you play whereas you don't be like hmm. man all my friends love transformers movies <laughs> that's not really as much <laughs> well, of a nobody thing loves transformers no one movies. likes transformers movies even child of buff got rid of that yeah so I, it's just a different thing altogether like you can have a friend who like likes different movies than sure. you um that's told like that's i think very very commonplace but i feel like friends will bond over a game more they would more than they would bond over a movie sure okay so community cool um, number three is tonal shifts. 
And I think Metal Gear Solid is a great example of this, where like you can have a super serious story that gets really wacky and zany and bizarre. Yeah. Would never work in a movie, doesn't work in, in like TV shows right. as well at least. But games have that down. That's one of the things we're talking about. Like if you adapt a Metal Gear Solid movie, like mm-hmm. so much of that shit wouldn't work in a movie. Exactly. It's just like you wouldn't believe it in a movie universe. Well in in Hitman, um, I can uh, find a vampire magician's outfit up in the attic of the Paris location, and then there's like achievements for killing your guys with the vampire magician <laughs> outfit. Like that wouldn't like play out if yeah. there was like a serious Hitman movie. They wouldn't use that, but right. in the game, they can absolutely do that. You dumb bitch! I dropped a cup, but it was empty, so it's okay. Well, that's all right. I guess it's time for you to pour the water into it in front of the microphone. Yep. You just ruined that, Chad. Who does that? No one does that on here. <laughs> that's not a planned effect. Number two. Interaction, which basically means buttons and joysticks. (laughs) It's just more immersive because you can interact with it. Sure. And then number one is consumer participation. I feel like... What does that mean? Consumers have a better say in what happens in the video game industry than a moviegoer has. Like, if, if, you know, you were uh, playing a game and you didn't like how certain mechanics work and enough of the community in the, in the consumer base agrees with you on that, and the next version of that game, that will get changed. Gotcha. Or Whereas even like, like a patch. Or even like a patch, yeah. exactly. But I guess, like, I, let's say, like, I don't like that the character's a plumber. I wish that, you know, he was an archer instead. Like, they might make a future version of that game where that character you like has more, like, archer-based abilities or something like that. Sure. Whereas in, like, a movie... Okay, well, the story's <laughs> happening. It's done. Like, yeah. I can't change this now. It's too late. So J.K. Like, Rowling's not going to release a version of Harry Potter where he actually does meth instead. Exactly. that's what you want. Exactly. Yeah. So, it just... I feel like there's a better relationship between the consumer and the businesses involved. It's much more direct, I feel, than the movie industry Interesting. is. One through five, go. So, one through five is going to be... Um, blah. Consumer... Uh, I need to pull the list again. Consumer participation, interaction, <sighs> tonal shifts, community, and <clears throat> I'll just say innovation. Nice. Holden, you're on the spot again. I'm on the spot again. Boss fights. Go. Bears Ooh. beats Battlestar Galactica. Which bear is best? Grizzly bear. Boss fights. is a, that's, that's a tough one. So, uh, number five, I'm going to say for best boss fights is... The parasite in the, the very, very beginning of Metroid Prime. Okay. Just because it was a great, it was just a really cool moment of seeing all this, like seeing the the, the dead giant bug and the big uh, tube and the space stations kind of dilapidated, and then kind of building up to fighting that thing. Um, again, being early into video games, that was that was very cool for me. Sure. Um, number four, I would say that. Hmm. I haven't think about boss fights that often, honestly. Well, you're blowing this list. I'm blowing this list. Just brought this podcast to a screeching halt. Screeching halt. <laughs> the cleric beast from Bloodborne. That oh, was, yeah. That was the first boss I ever fought in like a Soul-style game. Yep. So that, it's royally kicked my ass so many times. <laughs> but you don't get a sense of reward like beating, yeah. beating a boss like that for the first time. Number number three, this just popped in my head randomly. I had played Metal Gear Solid 3 before, and I loved the bee boss. Oh, yeah, the pain. The pain, yeah, he shoots yeah. all the bees at you all the time. That was a good one. You have to, like, duck underwater and avoid him and shit like that. Yep. Number two, would you count 
a target in Hitman as a boss. Sure. Mostly because I've never played Hitman, so that's all it's up just, to you. It's just going to have to work. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it counts. Um, I do have a number one in mind. So okay. I'm just kind of okay. thinking it's number two, and then I'll just jump right into the number one. Okay, 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 okay. This is going to be top four list. Because <laughs> so, okay. I don't want to do too much dead air. Number one is Ganondorf in... Or the Ganon battle in Ocarina of Time. Gotcha. Such an incredible boss battle. Yeah. From beginning to end, so cool. Walking in the room with him playing the organ. You're shooting, like, uh, the, the, the... The bouncing lightning. the light back and forth. Because you're, like, you're always trying to avoid those, and now all of a sudden you have to do that differently. Yeah. Very cool. And they also teach that to you in with Phantom Ganon in in uh, in the Forest, Forest Temple. Temple. Yeah, Forest yeah. Temple, yeah. So we're going to do Ganon. So that's Ganon. That is... That includes the, after you beat Ganondorf, the Ganon Yes, that includes yeah. that as well, yes. So that would be Ganon. That would be... What was the other middle one? Not Hitman. Not Hitman. I remember the... Metal Gear Solid 3, The Pain. The Pain. And then I had... I should have written this one down. I just said it 30 seconds ago. I'm thinking about too much now. I said stuff. Bosses yeah, were my stuff. favorite bosses. You guys remember Rewind. Yep, Got Rewind. It. <laughs> Boss fights, number five for me. Garamon, which is the final, or the, the original hunter in Bloodborne, slash okay. Moon Presence from Bloodborne. Good choice. So that is, uh, if you go through the game and get like the true ending, you eat all three umbilical cords before you fight the final boss, then you fight Garamon, who's a badass hunter with his stupid-ass scythe in this game, and that's a tough-ass battle. And you beat him... And then after you beat him, uh, the moon presence comes down, and then when it goes to like accept you and hug you and kill you and make you the the Garamon instead, you go, mm, fucking no, I'm going to fucking fight you, moon presence. And that's a cool-ass boss battle as well. But it's also really hard because you just wasted all your resources on Garamon. Mm-hmm. That's fucking awesome. And I love the uh, the outcome of that. So spoilers, if you haven't gotten the true ending in Bloodborne, it's also really hard to get. You might as well get the platinum if you're going for that ending because yeah. three umbilical cords, y'all. You actually showed me where they were, so I got them in my first yeah, playthrough. Yeah, you have all the all the umbilical cords. You just gotta be not a pussy and, and fight the final boss. Why well, already have New Game Plus? I know. You just decided not to eat those umbilical cords. Mm-hmm. Number four, Ganondorf slash Ganon, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Great boss battle. Yep. Number three. Poseidon in God of War 3 mm. such a cool epic boss battle that entire thing taking place on Gaia as Gaia is climbing up the walls and then you have Poseidon at the same time jumping up on different areas with the giant horse water fucking thing this is in th- 3? God of War 3 this okay. is the opening of God of that's War 3 right. okay, that's why Poseidon. I started recognize this okay. yeah it's badass uh, number 2 Every Colossus in Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, damn it. I should have said that. all 16 of them. Yep. And I cannot wait to play them all again on the oh, remake. Oh, I can't wait. That game is just so freaking cool. Learning, like, in the moment, learning how the fuck, what environmental puzzle you're going to use to kill this thing. They're all so fucking brilliant. Number one, Psycho Mantis. Metal Gear Solid 1. I was just thinking about that one, but I didn't want to include it for my own list because I technically didn't ever fight that boss. Gotcha. But I know how it works. This is where you have to take the memory card out and switch it, right? Uh, so, it, not the memory card, but it's like, that's part of the battle. It's, it says, it reads your memory card and it's like, hey, so I notice you love playing Twisted Metal. And I'm like, 
how the fuck did he know that I played Twisted Metal yesterday? And then, like, he takes over your controller port and your controller doesn't work anymore. And then you have to, like, figure out, oh, I have to switch it to controller port 2. And now I'm controlling it from there. Mm -hmm. Like, it was such a cool boss battle. And so, like, you've never seen anything like that before. Before that boss battle. Mm -hmm. Awesome as shit. So, one, Psycho Man is two. Every Shadow of the Colossus, Colossi. Uh, Colossus, singular. Uh, three, Poseidon from God of War. Four, three, sucking a dick. Four, Ganondorf, Ganon, Ocarina of Time. Five, Garamon slash Moon Presence from Bloodborne. Boom, five down, five to go. Hold and give me a list. You want a list? Give I'm going to give you a list. So give me a I, list, baby. I had top five E3 moments, but I changed mine to top five marketing moments. <sighs> okay, well, mine are E3 related. So but here just, we go, E3, ready? So, and I should just clarify, they're not the best marketing. It is my favorite, favorite marketing. Yeah. My favorite moments marketing, which means they might be trash. So here's like what I this did. first one. Uh, no, I yeah. have to go. This is your list. I go first. Oh, damn it. You goddamn fuck. I am a We fuck. don't fight on this podcast. Number five. Since mine are all E3 moments. <laughs> uh, and I've only really seen like, Most I don't of know, mine are six E3 moments, or six, maybe seven E3s. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Eight. I don't know. So I didn't have a whole lot of like shocking like oh my god yes this is a great moment i mean there have been good e3s but mm-hmm. number five uh, this one was a throwaway damn it i meant to replace it the nintendo puppets <laughs> those fucking <laughs> nintendo puppets so stupid so fucking stupid why is that on my list i don't know fucking blow me number four uh the unveiling of project natal and milo which, oh, yeah. which became Connect. Yep. But the interaction, like, that was so cool at the, at the time to be able to see Peter that. Molyneux, you're was Peter Molyneux. interacting, his, yeah. That was his thing, You're right? interacting yeah. with this kid on the screen. Uh, number three, the Xbox backward compatibility announcement from, I guess, oh, shit, that was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, super awesome fan service. Fucking, they won E3 with that announcement there. Number two. The E3 2015 PlayStation Conference, where they fan-serviced the shit out of everyone with The Last Guardian, finally unveiling, showing what it is, Final Fantasy VII Remake, showing off, hey, this exists, and while I don't give a shit about this, Shenmue three that it exists and is coming. That was a huge fan-service email. I remember seeing that Last Guardian, I was like, oh, shit, and then I saw Final Fantasy, I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> it was good. Number one, of course, after my after Microsoft's blunder at their uh unveiling of the xbox one with tv tv it costs a zillion dollars and then ps and it's always online and you can share your game one time with somebody and it has that license and then ps4 is just like hey y'all you can share your game whenever you like it's yep. 100 bucks cheaper <laughs> shaboom so one ps4 game sharing after microsoft reveal two e3 2015 playstation reveals all of those fan servicey things four five three what the fuck are numbers? Three, backwards compatibility. Four, Project Natal. Five, those fucking Nintendo puppets. Go. Okay. I have number five. These are marketing moments for me. Okay. Yep. Number five, <clears throat> No Man's Sky marketing, because it was just so much different <laughs> than that game. I love that game, and I think it would have had an audience had it not been marketed so terribly. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Number four, this is when Reggie came into uh, Nintendo... Um, as kind of like one of the front-facing people of Nintendo. Yeah. And he literally said that we were kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> that was just <laughs> awesome. And this is when the DS and the Wii came out. So it was really like, yeah, they were going to kick ass and take names. Yeah. The, and DS is not my favorite uh, system, but it definitely did super, super, super well. Definitely. So that was a great moment. And then 
uh, three and two are kind of back to back because they're very related. Xbox's Xbox One's completely fumbled launch, and then number two is Sony's PS4 yep. launch, just how they talked about it. And here's how you share a game, like all that was just so good. And then the number one for me, this is actually, this was E3 as well, is the Nintendo PlayStation. Yes. So for those who don't know, uh, PlayStation started because there was going to be an addition to the SNES called the PlayStation that was for CDs, and they're going to partner with Sony on it. And Sony went to E3, announced it, and then Nintendo got on the stage later that day and announced they're actually partnering with Philips instead. Yep. And Sony was so embarrassed and so disappointed that and so like angry about it that they decided they were going to get in the console business with the PlayStation and the rest is history. I mean, they've they're yep. dominating. So Yep, dominatrix. So that's that's I'm going to throw in one more marketing moment a la, yeah. a la your No Man's Sky thing. Yeah. The marketing, do you remember the trailer for Dead Island? Oh, yeah. It's the trailer that goes backwards. Yes, that and was it's like the one family. of the best trailers. It was Absolutely. so fucking good and after seeing that trailer i remember being i'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it it was so good and i was like that's gonna be the best game in the entire world mm-hmm. i can't fucking wait and then you play the game and it's boring as shit and it's stupid <laughs> it was nothing nothing like nothing like that trailer but man that trailer was good good marketing mm-hmm. awesome that was the list six we only have four more right four more fucking yeah here we go best what's next for me okay coolest weapons in video coolest games. weapons coolest in a video weapons. game. So top five best coolest weapons. Number five, Gravity Gun. Gravity Gun from... Half-Life. Half-Life, 2. okay. Specifically Half-Life 2. So Gravity Gun, I would then say uh, Samus's arm cannon. Ooh, yeah, with those missiles and the goddamns. Yep. When is she going to get new weapons? Like, I feel like every single game, it's like, you got the energy beam blaster, you got the rockets, you got the missiles, like... Metroid Prime had some pretty different types of beams. I think the biggest restriction was always that you got most, the rolling, you got the roll bombs. Like most of the Metroid games are still 2D style Game Boy Advance or yeah, SNES yeah, games, yeah. really. So they couldn't have they have the fidelity to like make it not a blue beam or something like that. So Metroid Prime definitely, I think, added to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number three, I've so this is actually weird one. I've never played this game. Okay. But I just love the design of this weapon so much, i got to include it. Okay. And that is Shulk's sword in Xenoblade. Oh, really? That's a... I've always loved... It's a cool-looking sword. It's a very cool-looking sword. I've always, always loved that sword. Number two, lightsabers. Did you skip one? No. I had uh, Gravity Gun, Samus' Arm Cannon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Shulk's sword. And which I'm sure has actually has a name that someone, if we had a yeah, huge audience, like, get very mad at us. Tenkatsu. Yeah. Or and then Cat. Lightsabers... <laughs> Because lightsabers, that's, uh, they badass. are in video games. I yep. mean, come on, it's the best. And the number one is, of course, you can you can just say this for me, Chad. I'm the sure. Master the sword. Master Sword. It's great. Yeah, love the Master Sword. It's very useful in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the least useful Breath of the Wild. So we got Master Sword. Then we have the lovely and always wonderful lightsabers, Shulk's sword, we have Samus's arm cannon, and the gravity gun. I actually tried to find ways not to put the Master Sword on my list. Really? Yep. Number five, the energy sword from Halo. Oh, just fucking good cool, choice. badass design. Yeah. One hit kills almost anything. Yeah, fucking cool gun or fucking cool sword. Number four from Metal Gear Solid Five, the wormhole extraction device. When you Ooh, could finally like instead fun. of fultoning somebody up and having it go up to the like that could depend on like you could knock somebody out and then attach something to them and a wormhole opens up above them and they get sucked up into it and then they just 
end up back at Mother Base. That's super like, cool. So fucking cool. Number three from Dead Space, the Plasma Cutter. I love oh, yeah. that this was such. First of all, it's an example of like a legit tool. This is one I should put so much more thought into. Oh man, yeah, yeah. The plasma cutter, legit tool that you would find while you're mining this planet in space. Yeah, and how do they turn that into a legit like mm-hmm. competitive weapon? Yeah, and the fact that the entire idea of that game is using this plasma cutter vertically and horizontally to cut off limbs to weaken enemies. Like, what a badass fucking. That's gun. extremely badass. I'd second that. Number two. Again, from Metal Gear Solid Five, the level three stun arm. So you know you have your mechanical arm, and there's an arm that, like, if you get close to somebody and oh, is it the up, red can, arm that he has? Uh, well, yeah, they have different, different colors. I don't remember oh, what okay. color the stun arm is, but yeah, you can like shock somebody and just kind of knock them out. Mm-hmm. But if you power it up all the way to level three, and then you charge it up real quick, then you summon a lightning storm, and fucking every, you're the god of thunder. Everyone in the entire area gets struck by lightning and knocked out, and it looks so fucking cool. Number one, I think the coolest weapon of all time, and it was so cool when it came out, the chainsaw gun from God of from Gears of War. God of, the God of War, the, the chainsaw G-O-W, gun. That from, G-O-W gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, chainsaw gun. Just the first time you chainsaw a fucking locust in half in front of you, and the screen gets all bloody. What I, a cool fucking ga- gun. I remember seeing that for the first time and being like, I've never seen a game this violent before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, this is just overtly gory. Yep. Very cool. Number one, chainsaw gun. Two, level three, stun arm. Number three, plasma cutter. Four, wormhole extraction device. Five, energy sword. Holden, give me a list and I'll give you some things. So I have the top five Nintendo <clears throat> consoles, but you have just top five consoles. I have top five, five consoles. Okay. Dominated mostly by Nintendo consoles. Because they are the best. Number three, sorry, number five. Number three, let's start in the middle. Sorry, I have the third one at the bottom of my list. Okay. I, I listed all the consoles and then I ranked them. Oh, okay. Number five, Game Boy Color. Good choice. Yeah. It took what was awesome about the Game Boy, mm-hmm. shrunk it down a lot. I mean, Game Boy Pocket was also small, but yeah. it shrunk it down, made it color. If you've ever played the difference between Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Red and Blue, you know how important and awesome that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was also the first console to introduce backwards compatibility. So that's super cool and important. And it was a fucking brick. Like, it was hard to, to break that thing. Game the Boy Game color. Boys are... I mean, Nintendo handhelds in general are very yeah. durable, but yeah, the Game Boys were rock solid. Game Boy Color, you are the tits. Number four, Dreamcast. Interesting. Now, I didn't choose these consoles based on the games library. Mm-hmm. I chose these consoles based on the experience of playing it itself or the hardware itself. Okay. And the Dreamcast did so many cool new things. One, it introduced online to a console with the 56K modem in it. You could do the dial-up internet. 56K modem. Uh, two, the controller with the VMU slot in the middle. So you had that virtual memory card unit that you were looking at. Mm-hmm. And you could do things like in Sonic Adventure, if you had a chow egg that you were hatching in the game, you get it, save it to your memory card, and then you take that memory card on the go, and you can feed it, you can walk with it, and like level it up on the go. And then you come back to your console, plug it in, and that's Doing the whole game. Switch thing before the Switch came out. I know, right? Dreamcast was the tits. And I think that controller is actually underrated. It's a pretty pretty cool controller. Mm-hmm. Dreamcast, you're pretty great. Number three, the Wii. I think the Wii was so important in, as Nintendo always is, in innovating. Yeah. Like, they drove, first of all, they brought in a huge audience with the Wii. Mm-hmm. The motion controls worked well enough for what they were doing. Um, I mean, obviously there are gripes like, hey, this thing doesn't fucking play DVDs. Yeah. 
in your home console. That's what we expect from our home consoles now. <coughs> Switch, get Netflix. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the Wii was so awesome in, in the way this, that it um, just took leaps forward in interaction. Ooh, yeah, pop those knees. Oh, man. That's hot. Yeah. So Wii. Yeah, great. Also, I actually specifically did not one. put the Wii on my list. Really? Because, yeah, it it was, it was opened up a lot of doors and that kind of stuff, but I feel like it was when, for me at least, motion control was put into an actual controller that I'm like, I want to use motion for all my games. Yeah. I did not like using the Wii Mote and Nunchuck. I liked using it for things that... Specific games like Metroid Prime was well. cool. Metroid Prime, yeah. Super Mario Galaxy, what Wii Sports, Metroid obviously. Par- Metroid Gal- uh, Super- I almost said Super Metroid Galaxy. What did it do in, in Super Mario Galaxy? That's so interesting. You collected little like beads I mean, and stuff. Yeah, and, that and well, you could like shoot shit at people like yeah but it was it was a uh, it was a cool new way to interact with the game and i think it worked really well it was cool that you could do a two-player and they the second player could be yeah. shooting the beats and all that kind of stuff i also but think it was really cool that you could take that turn it sideways and it became basically an nes controller but like it started with twilight princess but, that was like the first game to have like, it was like a big game using motion controls yeah and it was waggle it, yeah that's and the, Sky the shit Sword. when it doesn't do it well and it's just waggle that's when it's a but, shitty, shitty implementation. But even of that. Skyward Sword's motion controls sucked ass. I didn't ever play it. It was so bad. It would constantly need to be recalibrated for me at least. Some people yeah. say it's really good. They probably just had less interference, something like that. But it was terrible, and I just yeah. I kind of written the Wii off. I sold reason. my Wii before that game came out. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Okami. Sorry. I, I Okami was great too. I have Okami on my list coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Wii number two, the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a badass piece of hardware, and it is the first portable social game console Mm -hmm. like yeah you could take your 3ds and somebody else has a 3ds and you could play smash and shit like that but i remember when i first saw that commercial the first commercial for switch and i was like yeah how many people are going to go to a park open up sit on a bench and then gather around that tiny screen and you know what all the fucking time people are doing it all the time whether it's on an airplane i've done it in a chipotle with you mm-hmm. i've been waiting in line at the movie several times and we played mario kart with a couple of friends like it is so amazing it is it really is the accomplishment that is made with that piece of hardware even just like the simple like i used to uh like uh i used to play my play- playstation and then be like oh they want to use the tv i'll go in my room and do the playstation like uh was it playstation Connect remote, play. Re- remote play in my room on a laptop and Eh, like it, it worked kind of okay. Just being able to just take the switch off the dock, and be like, "I'm gonna go in bed, guys." Like, yeah. See, that's kind of mostly how I use handheld mode because I don't take it out of the house too much, and that's awesome. It's just so so solid. I love that. Yep. I agree. Number one, PlayStation Four. Really? As a piece of hardware, it is solidly built. Mm-hmm. It looks great. It has so many cool features like share play. Yeah. Like. Uh, the very underappreciated features to be honest yeah yeah like the online infrastructure like that's why i switch all i was debating my head well switch or ps4 but switch's online functionality is garbage and its ui right now is garbage compared i'm sure it'll get better yeah. over time but uh yeah playstation 4 has built itself up with a whole lot of really cool unique software features uh really awesome i know you didn't do this for games reasons but it has such an incredible library of games it does yeah it really i think it has the best library of games on a console period 
That's a discussion for a different day. It's I know that's a bold statement, but it's it, yeah. there are just so many really, really solid games. There's a lot yep. of trash, obviously. Like every console is trash. Right. But like there are just so many games that are only on PlayStation 4 that are so goddamn good. Yeah. And remote play. And remote Fucking play. remote yeah. play. There have been so many times when I've had my PlayStation Vita at your place. Yep. And we're playing Bloodborne together. Yeah. I'm streaming Bloodborne from miles away. And Bloodborne over the can internet. only be played on PlayStation because it's so good. And it worked flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Like that's so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, PS4. You got my eye. Number one, PS4. Two, Switch. Three, Wii. Four. What did I say for four? I don't know. Look at your I list. Know. Oh, Dreamcast. Five, Game Boy Color. <laughs> Boom. Dreamcast. Give me your Nintendo consoles. So, the top of Nintendo consoles, these are really just ones that either I thought made an important leap mm-hmm. or that just meant something important to me. So, it's not like there's not like a the, you know, grand scale impact on in the industry. Five is Switch. And the reason I'm putting Switch low right now is that... I mean, low, it's five. Is that it is still so new. Mm -hmm. It could be that in, like, three years it starts to tank because, you know, the new PS... You know, PlayStation consoles come out, new Xbox consoles come out, and the Switch just can't compete and games start being shit or something like that. I don't know what's going to happen in a few years. But, like, for the first few months, it is awesome. I never played a console before that... It's like a companion, almost. Like, I was kind of joking to myself, like, that I would bring my PS4 and my carry-on. <laughs> like, find a way to play <laughs> I've it. I've done it. Um, but the Switch is like, I'm taking that with me the same way I think about taking my laptop with me. I'm going to be right. on a... I'm actually taking a train back. Really? Back home, yeah, taking a train. And I'm and thinking, like, having the Switch is going to be great for that. Yeah. Like, I'm putting that in my bag the same way I'm thinking about putting my phone and putting my iPad, putting my laptop in my bag. So yeah. it just it fits really well in there. Number four, Game Boy SP, actually. Mm. And the reason is that I think something that we don't appreciate is our backlit screens. Yeah. And that was the first Game Boy to have a backlit screen. Actually, they did release the Game Boy Light. But that was in Japan only, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think that was Japan only. Because that came out in like the 90s, didn't it? Uh, I don't remember the exact date. Yeah, it was in the 90s sometime. Yeah. I just read an IGN article. It's like, every Nintendo console from ever made, blah, blah, blah. But this, this was at the first, like, global scale, like, we're doing yeah. a backlight. First Game Boy also rechargeable battery built into it as well. There were just a lot of things where it's like, hey, the Game Boy's a rock-solid experience, but we're going to change it up. And every decision they made was for the better. The folding design was started in there. And the- they had the courage to remove the headphone jack. Did they really? Yup. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the reason, too, was courage. Exactly. <laughs> so Game Boy SP. Number three, GameCube. GameCube is a really underappreciated Nintendo yeah. console, I feel. It was the last time that Nintendo was on level power-wise with everyone else and really was showing people how things should be done from a technical standpoint. The game library is amazing. You have... Like, the first Luigi's Mansion's on there. You have two Metroid Prime games that are on there. You have the original Animal Crossing started on there. Pikmin started on, on there. So there's a lot of innovation happening. Resident Evil 4 was a GameCube exclusive yep. when it came out. Obviously, that's not true anymore. Uh, there was just so many great games on that. That controller is still has a devoted fan base. When Smash Bros. Yep. comes out on the Switch, they're going to have to have a GameCube controller adapter. Who would even think that that's the 
Wii U, the Wii. There are two console generations between, and people still want that controller. Yep. No one talks about how they want the original Xbox controller. No one talks about how they want a DualShock 2 Although controller. Although they are re-releasing the Duke controller. Are they the really? Xbox. Yeah, that's now really that there's funny. backwards compatibility. That's hysterical. So it just, I just think that's a very underappreciated Nintendo yeah. console. That's one that I always that's... wanted, a console I always wanted that I never yeah. had, because I had the Xbox that generation. I also stumbled upon it today but... as it's kind of unpacking some of my stuff, and I, it's broken now, so I'm probably just going to get rid of it, but it would just... It's such a cool, like, piece of hardware as well. Yeah. Uh, number two is the 3DS. I think the 3DS I is... I thought about putting that on my list. It is such... If you wanted to... Right now, if you wanted to get a system and you said, I just want to have access to the best Nintendo games, that has access to the best Nintendo games. If you really think about it, you have access to Super Mario World, you have access to, like, Link to the Past, you have access to Super Metroid, like, Earthbound, you have a lot of the SNES stuff is available on that now you can get every just about every single zelda game for majora's mask and actually you can get every zelda game for majora's mask and before on that so you can get all the 2d ones and ocarina of time majora's mask which are two of considered and the yeah. the like definitive version of those games it's the exact definitive version of those games you have link between worlds which i think is one of the best zelda games made in the 2d style and on top of that, you just have like unique experiences you can't get anywhere else. Like Luigi's Mansion in 3D is really something to behold in 3D. It's super, yeah. super cool. There's still good games. Um, like if you were to get the game, you just have a gigantic library of incredible games to go through and play on that. Plus the virtual console on there is really what beefs it up. It's the if you were if you didn't have any console right now and you just said I just want to play some Nintendo stuff, I would recommend a 3DS over a Switch right now. Ooh, interesting. Oh, only because you were kind of wanting to go back and play some older things. Okay. Like you just kind of want access to like Nintendo and as much Nintendo as possible. Sure. Switch is if you want to kind of see what Nintendo has going forward. Yeah. Number one, and this is weird for me because I've never actually owned this console, but I think it's the most important Nintendo console, and that's the SNES. Yeah. Just because I feel like NES gets so much credit for starting things, but SNES is where I feel like Nintendo really polished everything yeah and made the franchises what we know of today like if you think about zelda started off like that if you think about playing a zelda game you're really thinking about how a link to the past created that formula right you think about playing a mario game you're really thinking about how super mario world created that formula i guess new super mario or, or not super mario bros super mario bros 3 kind of had a lot of that in there yeah some of the like secrets and, and yeah but i feel like super mario exits. world does a lot oh, to totally. yeah, change things for multiple exits and yeah super metroid framed what a metroid game is they started doing like weird things like earthbound that has still resonated with people uh today star i know right star fox started on the snes mario kart started on the snes there's just so much on there that set the standard of what nintendo was going forward that it's i can't even though I haven't played an SNES like on an actual SNES before, yeah, it just it's the console that I think kind of got things really started for Nintendo, despite the NES's existence. Top five: one, two, three, four, five. Go SNES. Then we got the 3DS. Then we got GameCube. Then we have the Game Boy SP, and then we have the Switch. Oh, the courage to remove the headphone jack. Y'all I didn't realize it removed the headphone jack. Yeah. That's really funny. Two more to go, guys. Two more. Stick with us. These are good. Mm-hmm. Top five best birds in games. 
Go. <laughs> Off the top of my head. Best birds. Go. Number five, the bird from Eagle Flight. <laughs> <laughs> because Which I bird? can't think of any the fucking bad birds. vultures or the eagle that you are? Um, the eagle you are, of okay. course. Okay. Uh, this is going to be the hardest one to do. <laughs> Number four, Falco. Fuck Falco. <laughs> Number three, uh, I'm going to say the bird that you get at the very beginning of Twilight Princess that you call over with a little... Or, oh, no, no, no. The owl in Ocarina of Time. Number three. Okay. The owl okay. in Ocarina of Time. I'm just going to name birds I can remember <laughs> names at this point. <laughs> That's the goal in this. Um... Number, uh, remember two now? Number two? Yep. Number two is the bird featured in the Wii U demo <laughs> when they showed off the what? Wii U. I have no idea what birds are in video A games. Wii U demo that had a bird? Yeah, so they first showed off the Wii U, they showed this, like, they just like, here's the power of the Wii U, and they showed this, like, bird flying around, <laughs> and it's, like, like, hanging out on a branch of a tree, and it looked pretty, it looked very pretty, but yeah. why were they showing that? And then the number one bird in a video game. Have they made it to an Always Sunny in Philadelphia video game <laughs> Royal McPoyle! <laughs> Take off your hat, sir. Oh, God. That, D, list you're not, a bird. that list is not even worth going back oh, to. Oh, my God. Best birds in games. Nailed it. <laughs> For me. One of which is not even in a game. Number five Kazooie from Banjo Kazooie. Good choice. Bird had an attitude, she yeah. was real cool. That was her voice. Sorry, mm-hmm. that was more grunty. I can't. That's still grunty. Uh, Kazooie, cool as shit. Die bomb. Run really fast. Fly. Stayed in your backpack. Probably pooped in there. Number four, Squawks the Parrot. Now, Squawks the Parrot started. It came into life with uh, Donkey Kong Country, and he had a very small role in a couple of dark levels where he just basically followed you with a flashlight. Um, but in Donkey Kong Country 2, Squawks the Parrot actually became a playable character in a couple of things, Ooh. and he could carry you around, and that bitch shot hockey balls. Ooh. <laughs> That's what we called them at Why our house. Why are we talking about birds? <laughs> <laughs> because, obviously, we need to know the top five best birds. <laughs> Shooting those little pellets at shit. This episode's only going to be good because you can put a bird on it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, put a bird on it. Mmm. <laughs> Boring old toast got you down? Put a bird on it. <laughs> Squawks the parrot. You're legit. Number three, Lugia. Good from choice. How did I not think of a single bird in Pokemon? I'm idiot. so stupid. I thought of D from It's Always Philadelphia <laughs> before I thought of any bird in Pokemon. There are countless birds yep. in Pokemon. I could have said Pidgey. Pidgey. There we go. Number one was Pidgey Number for me. two, Zapdos. That was the coolest of the three fucking legendary birds in that power plant. Actually, like, move-wise, I never actually used them. I use Articuno a whole lot more, but Zapdos, legit. Mm -hmm. Number one, Bloodwing from Borderlands. Now, when you play play Mordecai the Hunter in Borderlands 1, the hunter has a raven pet that Mm -hmm. you can, like, send out, and it will attack people and things like that for you, and you can power it up. But in Borderlands 2, Mordecai is an an NPC. He's a non-playable character. And uh, he has Bloodwing, and what... Handsome Jack does once is he infects Bloodwing with slag, which is like this substance that makes you crazy awesome. And anyway, Bloodwing gets super huge. He has like all five elemental powers, and he's this crazy ass big boss that you're fighting, and it's so cool. And then at the very end, there's a bomb around his neck and it blows up, and Bloodwing is guts everywhere. Fine. But he's a really fucking badass raven. 
And Mordecai's just a cool character. I actually so. thought of another another bird. I give include. me another bird. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the bird, but the the bird in in Wind Waker that you fight. I never played Wind Waker. There's like a giant bird that steals your sister in the beginning of the game, and they're, okay. they're a boss later on. Gotcha. They're very cool. So my birds. <laughs> But my, bird, uh, my birds. I'm, we're actually birds. making this list. Number one, Bloodwing. Two, Zapdos. Three, <laughs> Lugia. Four, Squawks the Parrot. Five, Kazooie. Honorable mention, Expresso the Ostrich from Donkey Kong Country 1. Bitch was fast. Good one. All right, last list. The top five games I want to play, but probably won't. Oh, you miss, You didn't do the one about animals? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. Well, I have a list of animals. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it. Okay, do you want to go first? What's funny, funny is that we usually don't prepare for this podcast a whole lot, but we've ne- like this is totally my fault, by the way. I'm not, this is like hundreds of <laughs> my fault. We've never been this wholly unprepared for a podcast before. I think it's going pretty well, despite that. Like, this is this has been a really really I'll, fun podcast. I'll go. Holden, yeah, you go. Holden told me yesterday. Here are my five top five lists that you're gonna make things for. One of them is top five best games featuring animals. Mm-hmm. So I made that list. Yep. I, I'll just make one up on the spot right now. No, you've got you your are, own list, and okay. I don't have anything for that. So number okay. five, Octodad, Deadliest Catch. You. So here's what, you are gonna do a top five of mine because I had to come up with all of these on the spot. Okay. You have to okay. do one. Okay. So Octodad, Deadliest yeah. Catch. Number four, Sonic the Hedgehog. Dude's badass. You just said he was an idiot. Earlier. Oh yeah, the games are bad. I like the character. I told you that. Mm-mm, it's not what you said. I'm calling you hypocrite right now. Uh, number three, Goat Simulator. Ooh, Goat I Simulator. have never played that game. I have, but watching videos of it, it looks so fucking stupid. And it you're just so a stupid. serial killer goat going yep. around like murdering people, disrupting parties, <laughs> pushing a guy off a cliff, and getting hit by a car, and <laughs> fucking great. Number two, Angry Birds. Fucking great game. Great physics puzzler and number not one in the top birds though no angry birds are not on the top birds i thought about putting the white one in there that poops the egg bombs mm-hmm. but uh no didn't make it in the top five not even in the honorable mention number one have you ever played tokyo jungle no oh my gosh this game came out on ps3 we talked about this though it is a studio Recently. japan game uh so it is it's sony made and it is a game where you it's 10 years after humanity has disappeared from Tokyo and you're playing to sur- as just to survive as all these different animals and you start as a little pomeranian dog and you're like fighting tigers and hyenas and shit and then you unlock like you're a basset hound and then you could be a deer and then you could be a tiger or an elephant and it's just you're going around just fucking killing shit and you're you're a basset hound going around like eating the shit out of a a pomeranian or a deer that's just like trying to hop away and survive as long as possible while tigers are trying to eat your fucking ass. It's, and you're equipping all of these things like you're a deer and you're equipping yourself with a baseball cap and boots to give you like better speed. <laughs> and it's so fucking absurd that it's so much fun to play and it's addicting as hell. PS3 so, you said? PS3. I think maybe they might have released it on Vita. It was definitely okay. a PlayStation Plus game a couple of months ago. Maybe mm-hmm. it was like six, eight months ago, but yeah. Uh, that's my number one game featuring animals. Tokyo Jungle, Angry Birds, Goat Simulator, Sonic the Hedgehog, Octodad, Deadliest Catch. I like that um, Octodad, Deadliest Catch the best on that one. That's, I actually that's so much that fun. Game. Oh, really? I've, I've I like played it, it because through. it's absurd like that, and I like yeah. the idea of the game, mm-hmm. but I hated playing it. So give me your top five games that you want to play but probably will not play. Top five games I want to play but probably will not play. Number five, Nino Kuni. 
Okay. Well, I want to play it. You mm-hmm. know, Nudie 2's coming. Probably won't get to it. Number four, Final Fantasy Nine. Oh, I thought a you lot of played that. A lot of people's favorite Final Fantasy. I'm surprised you haven't, honestly. I have it on my PlayStation Vita. Mm-hmm. I just have so much other shit to play that I can't devote. I don't know. I, I want to, but I probably won't. Number three, Nier Automata. Or Automata, depending on how the fuck it's pronounced. Everyone says it. Yeah. Now, I played the, they have a demo that I didn't know existed, mm-hmm. but I played that on PS4 this past week as well. And it's a really cool game, but mm-hmm. probably won't get around to it. Number two. You ready for this? Yeah. Shit. There's a game that's coming out this fall that I'm like, I really want to play that, but I couldn't remember what it was. Nino Kuni 2. Nino Kuni 2. Actually, that's, not coming out. It's coming in delayed. January, yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. So, yeah. fucking Persona 4 Golden. Mm hmm. Also, one of those games that everybody goddamn loves and are all up its ass sucking its dick. And Will I got I play it. it. I have it. Mm-hmm. I have it downloaded on my Vita, ready to go. Won't start it. Number one game that I would like to play, but probably won't. Life is Strange. I thought you did play that. I played it for a second before okay. I fell asleep on the very first scene. But. Apparently you can really have started this game, by the way, so that that counts, yeah. 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 That's my uh, top five list. Life is Strange, Persona 4 Golden, Nier Automata, uh, Final Fantasy Nine. What the fuck did, Elsa, did I say? Frozen. I'm sure there's a Frozen game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got my top five here. Okay, go. These are very random games. Okay. Number five, good. Spore. I know it's not going to be good. What? I know. I really still want to play Spore. What else did you have that as a game for? Um, I Underrated? Had that, yeah, well, no, um, what did you for say? Guilty Pleasure games. Guilty pleasure. Because I knew gotcha, it was gotcha, a game gotcha, that people gotcha, like. Gotcha, 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 Some people do like that game because it just seems fun to make an alien. Yeah. And I play the, like, the iPhone versions where you can make like a single cell organism and, yeah. and kind of move, move around the gyroscope. Number four, Civilization. I've always wanted to play a Civilization game, but it's just so daunting yeah. to get into that. And, so I'm just, and then Jeremy Potter just like fucking skip everything. And you're like, I don't want to fucking skip everything. Number three is Eco. Oh man, that's a that's a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good game. It's one of those things where I, I want to play Last Guardian. I'm going to play that. I yeah. want to play Shadow of the Classes. Obviously, going to play that next year. So I feel like I should play all three. So I want to play Eco, but I'm I'm never going to play Eco. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Number two, Okami. I have mm. always wanted to play Okami, and it's 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 one of those things where I know almost nothing about that game. Other than that, it gets so much praise. Yep, and people seem to really love it. And I like the art style for what I've seen. So I've always yeah. wanted to play Okami. Plus, it gets comparisons to Zelda a lot. I don't yep. know if that's really an apt comparison. But... I remember when I got it for Christmas on Wii, mm-hmm. and I had the Wii sensor bar up, but it was right next to the Christmas tree, and all the ornaments on the Christmas tree. Anytime that I would point my nun- my Wii remote anywhere near there, the IR sensor would go crazy because it's bouncing off all the ornaments. And I was like, I can't fucking play this until after Christmas. And then you never played it? And then I did, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I played it for like uh, maybe a good like three or four hours. Mm-hmm. I never beat it. but oh. Number one, Half-Life 2. Yeah. I've played a, a good chunk of the beginning of that game. Yep. And I'll never go back and play it again. Yeah, me But either. I still really want to play it for some reason. But I just can't it's handle... It's one of those things that like you feel like you should play as exactly. someone in the gaming community. Exactly. Who likes like to speak with some authority. The, the issue with it is just that, the for me, the controls don't carry over very yeah. well to the Xbox uh, 360 version, which is what I was playing on an Xbox One. It just didn't carry over that well. It was like it just it was almost like you were playing a first person shooter with the D pad almost. 
Yeah. It, it, you're still using a joystick, but it felt like you were using a D-pad in terms of like your the directions you could move in. Sure. It just was kind of awful. So I still want to play that game, but I'm never going to have an opportunity to really play that game the way it should be played, I Unless feel. they remaster it. Not going to happen. No. That's not what Valve does. Can you imagine if they did like an HD remaster of Half-Life and Half-Life 2, and then all the episodes <laughs> of Half-Life 2? And then they never finished it again. Yep, <laughs> they they should do that. They should. Uh, there should be like a huge rumor about that that yep. gains like some credence, and then it's just become a perpetual thing <laughs> forever. Basically, <laughs> Half Life Three is. That's our lists. Yeah, that's all our top five lists. That's ten, tw- eleven, top 11 five lists. lists. There was hey, a wait, surprise you, bonus. You never gave us animals. I have to do animals. You now? have to do animals. Five animals. Go oh, games five. featuring animals. Games featuring animals. Does that mean that they are the star? I don't know. You made it up, not me. Okay, so that's a good point. So it's up to me. <laughs> so I would say number five yep. is going to be, um, uh, what's the bad hair day? <laughs> Conquer's um, bad fur day? Conquer's bad fur day. Okay. Yep. okay. Never played it. Conquer got dirty, We're going to do that one. Oh, fucking Diddy Kong Racing. Number two, four, Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, just, I mean, how can I not pick... Diddy right, Kong Racing, of absolutely. Number three, um, we're gonna say Banjo Kazooie because that's mm. instead of you. Also, you've podcast. never said, never played that. Never played that one as well. Number two, is there a Muppets game that features the animal? <laughs> oh my god, fucking Muppets! Snake Pass, just say Snake Pass. Snake Pass, and then number one, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. There are animals everywhere. Oh my god, <laughs> shut up. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this very special episode 22 of Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Uh, we'll be back in regular time next week, question yeah. mark? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Regular time next week, Sunday night slash Monday morning. I love every bit of myself. <laughs> not I'm, you guys. I'm so not great. Me. I'm so great. I'm Just sure you guys shit. are great, too. And I know some of you, maybe all of you, I don't know. You guys never respond, so I don't know who it is. Bye. Bye. Kipping spice. Mm.